Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Saturday Strategy. This is the podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny, I'm your host, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to be looking into how to get the very best from your digital marketing. I've invited an old colleague and friend along to join us to run through why Google ad campaigns often fail, or at least why they fail to perform as people want. Now, before you click off this, you don't need to be spending money with Google to benefit from this. In fact, I'd go so far as to say, if you're engaged in any digital marketing of any description, then the gems shared in this interview are a real must. But before that, a little bit about what we're doing here. The Saturday Strategy Podcast is a pilot project that we've developed to change the way that we bring helpful information to you. And as such, it's a resource for you. So if you have any thoughts or ideas, we'd love to hear from you so we can continue to craft it and refine it so it's truly useful. We've got lots of information in the episode. So remember, if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff, you can always find the notes on our website or better still, subscribe to the Saturday Strategy email news update. And if you haven't yet done so, please, please, please do hit that subscribe button. Now, over to our interview. Today, we're joined by a real expert in Google AdWords, Helen Colshaw. Um, I've known for quite a number of years now. In fact, Helen ran the very first seminar that I visited back in 2007, maybe just into 2008, when we set up Good to Great. And I still remember and refer to some of the things that she taught us at that event. Um, Helen's a real guru when it comes to this stuff. So we're very fortunate to have, have you with us today. Helen, thanks for coming on. Could you just dive straight in? And tell us, when we talk about digital marketing, what does success actually look like? How do we even begin? Can you take us to some sort of point at the beginning of all of this and maybe talk us into the subject? Yeah, so a lot of people think that success in a digital marketing campaign is about rankings. So being number one on Google, for example, or that it's about traffic. And there's a lot of vanity metrics like how many uh, visitors have you had to your website this month which obviously we want people to get more traffic to their website but ultimately you can have as much traffic as you want it doesn't necessarily mean that you've won any business out of it so sure and uh, i like that ter- i like that term vanity measures yes there's there's a lot of that we've had clients in the past for example, who've uh, who've said they, they kind of don't care what else they achieve. They just want to be number one for a, for a particular phrase that they've chosen that they think people search for. And, you know, that, that kind of campaign, I know it's not going to work because um, sooner or later they're going to realise that just purely being number one for that particular phrase isn't necessarily going to bring them any business. Okay, so so if those are the, the, the vanity measures, as you call them, are the wrong things to measure, what's the right things to measure? Let's say we're meeting with customers and we're trying to generate inquiries, which I think probably is more common than um, for most of our um, listeners, that, that they're not yeah. completing the sales on, online. They're, they're trying to generate some opportunities. What, what should we be measuring? Well, with generating inquiries on a website you're going to be measuring things like how many inquiries you've had, which could be either through through a contact form, so somebody's filled in a, an inquiry form, 
or they might have clicked an email link on your website and sent you an email. They might have owned the number that's on your website. So when people are making an inquiry that's resulted from a digital marketing campaign, uh, the way in which they contact you could be one of of several different ways, usually. Um, so we can; those things are actually all measurable. You can measure, for example, if you're running a Google Ads campaign and you're bringing people to your website and on your website you've got a phone number on the header, you might think that that's something, you know, that you can't track how many people who phoned that number came from your Google Ads campaign. But actually, with a bit of uh, technology, you can track that kind of thing. So so that's that's the first thing you're going to want to track is how many inquiries you've had and to know specifically where they came from. Is that what we refer to as attribution? It absolutely is. Okay. So, so, so talk to us a little bit about that then. Well, you can go really quite geeky with attribution. Uh, yeah. The way that you attribute results to different digital marketing campaigns, well, you can measure it in different ways because quite often before somebody makes an inquiry, they will have actually um, had a number of different touch points with your business online. So they might have, maybe first of all, they saw you via a post on Facebook and then later they clicked on a Google ad and landed on your landing page. And then subsequently after that, they knew the name of your business. So they just Googled you, found you on an organic search on Google and phoned you up. Now, which one of those three different visits was the one that generated the inquiry and how do you attribute it to its source so there's a whole process there around deciding how how you're going to attribute your inquiries to their sources and how you're going to understand how different sources of traffic work together to generate inquiries but that's probably going a bit too geeky for this conversation okay we can maybe come back to that another time mm. so in terms of touch points then i i think you know, we, we talk a lot in in in, um, in in developing sales processes around you know six or eight touch points being the mm. traditional sort of numbers. I, I think that's pretty much outmoded, isn't it? When we start talking about digital pipelines, I think it does really vary according to the type of business and what you're selling. Um, and a lot of it is to do with the basically the cost of your service. So if you're selling something that's you know a relatively inexpensive purchase that someone's not going to have to think a lot about. And maybe there's not hundreds of different options for them to choose from. It's quite straightforward. Um, hopefully you need a few fewer touch points to generate a conversion there. But if what you're selling is something that's really complex and expensive um, and where the client's going to need to really trust you before buying it, then one of the ways of building trust is to make sure that they just keep encountering you as they follow their research around through the web. Okay. So let's let's jump forward a little bit, Helen. So we're talking about having lots of different strategies for generating content or various touch points and bringing people into the business, having attribution so we know where they came from. You know, they've made that inquiry, whether it's a phone call, an email, filling out a contact form, placing an order. What, what happens next? Well, obviously, if somebody's made an inquiry, that's great. And that's something that we would want to celebrate. But obviously, your campaign still hasn't generated any business if 
you've had inquiries and for whatever reason the client has decided not to buy your service at the end of it so what happens after you've generated the lead is possibly even more important than the process that it took to generate the lead in the first place especially if you think about how much work you've put into generating that lead posting all over social media you've been running email marketing campaigns you've been running facebook google campaigns when people come to the website people don't always um convert into leads in the first place because they're not finding the information they need or or they're just not persuaded okay so how, how do we overcome that okay so what we will typically do when we're running a Google Ads campaign that's looking to generate leads is that we won't normally drive traffic to the client's website, which might seem a little bit counterintuitive. Um, and, you know, what if you, you put a lot of effort into that website and then we're telling you that we're actually not going to land our traffic on your website. Um, but the reason is because a website because you don't know who's coming to a website normally and where they've come from, you've got to kind of cover all bases. So you're going to have a home page and about us, a contact us, lots of pages about lots of different services. And you've got to do that because you don't know what the person could be interested in. Whereas if you've just brought them to your website from a digital campaign, typically, you know, quite a lot about them already, you know, um, if you're targeting specific demographics, you know a little bit about their demographic or their interests. If you're targeting keywords on Google, then you know what they've searched for. So what you can do is rather than bringing them to your main website, which tells them everything they might ever conceivably want to know about you, you take them to a page that's very much tailored to the campaign and that's called your landing page. So the, the kinds of things that we would do on a landing page that have been tailored to a campaign would be, first of all, we would really minimize navigation away from the page. So you wouldn't normally have a menu bar on the top. Um, um, a lot of our clients struggle with that and they're not happy with doing that because they think, well, people need to know all this other information. But what you're doing on your landing page is you're trying to give them all the information they need to feel comfortable to make an inquiry all on one page. So the pages tend to be quite long. <laughs> so let's say they've, they've come in to buy your particular uh, service, you would very much tailor the content to the kinds of things that, that, that that sort of client might want to know before making an inquiry. So you want to tell them a little bit about who you are, what type of work you do, um, perhaps where you're based so they can see, you know, if, if being you being local is important to them. You want to show your credentials, uh, testimonials from happy clients, uh, your you know, if you've got some badges showing that you're qualified in this, that and the other, you'd put those on there and you'd have a really strong call to action, which would be like a uh, contact form, for example, which would have it wouldn't ask any more questions than the bare minimum required, because generally the more boxes you put on a form, the less likely someone is to fill it in. OK. And when you say it's this landing page, when you say it's long, how, how long, do, what does that mean, long? I wouldn't really want to generalise because it varies. And one of the things that we do is we test different landing page variations. 
So we wouldn't normally just sort of launch a landing page and then leave it alone. What we would do is we would test um, different sections of content that we could include. So Helen, we've steered everyone towards the landing page. We've got we've got them there. We've run various tests. We know that landing page is now generating inquiries for us. Um, how do we best deal with that inquiry to make sure we can turn that inquiry into confirmed orders or business or, or, or whatever it is? Well, it does depend on, uh, obviously, what it is that you're selling. But generally speaking, the best thing to do is just pick up the phone as soon as you possibly can. Speak to the person or, you know, get face to face with them. Go and have a meeting. Um, go old school. Yeah. So, so I, that obviously wouldn't apply for every business. If we were completing the transaction online, I presume we'd take them to a sales page, don't we? But mm. assuming it's a business like yours or a business like mine, I think it's about getting face-to-face and, and getting to know people and, and cementing the relationship. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're buying a service from from somebody, it really is, to a large extent, all about the relationship that you have. And your client's got to trust you. So, you know, there's no better way of building trust than meeting, talking, picking up the phone, really. Um, I'm a big fan of doing things online, but sometimes, you know, you've just got to go into the real world. So can you link your digital marketing system automatically to your CRM system so that the prospect followed the call to action and maybe done an inquiry form or, or whatever it is? And the next thing you know is you get some sort of message that says, ring Joe Blogs. Yeah, I mean, there's actually quite a lot you can do to link your CRM uh, data to your digital campaigns. So, for example, in Google Ads. So let's say you've had an inquiry, you've had a meeting, it's converted into um, a piece of business of a certain value. Uh, you can actually send that data back into uh, Google Ads to say that this is converted into a sale of X value. And what that enables you to do is to use that information to guide your future campaigns. So it might be that you've had 20 leads from one campaign and 10 from the other, but, but the 10 that you had from the second campaign have actually generated much higher value sales and were much easier to convert into paying clients. So, you know, if, if your Google Ads manager knows that, they can then use that information to, you know, craft the campaigns going forward. Uh, so there's quite a lot of work in, in order to get that sort of thing to work. But, you know, obviously you can do that. You can also, if you've got the the right kind of consents from the people that are in your CRM system, you can potentially use that data to to run remarketing campaigns, which is where, you know, adverts follow people around the web, uh, reminding them to, that they really ought to buy from you. Um, so, so there's all sorts of clever stuff you can do if you've got a, a good CRM system with good data in it. Yeah. We'll maybe save that one for another day because I feel like I'm opening up a whole new subject area. That is area. a bit of a can of worms. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, Helen, this has been really, really valuable. Um, so can I just recap it a little bit from what I think you've told us today? 
Um, I think you've told us that number one, um, getting traffic to a website, providing you're prepared to pay for it is easy if you know how. Yeah. Um, Secondly, you've told us that actually getting to a website and then allowing them to go and browse around and go and look everywhere um, is is a mistake because they, they get distracted from the initial call to action and the reason why they're there. So you give them a, a closed off landing page with with all the information they need to hand just on that one page. Yep. With a call to action that completes whatever transaction you're aiming for, which is either, you know, request a call back, download this free report, get a trial, book a survey, yep. um, buy now, whatever that whatever the call to action is on that on that page to complete that transaction. And then I think you're saying that once that transaction's been completed on that landing page, we need a good system um, to be able to follow that up in a timely and efficient way to be able to make sure that we're able to convert that into money. Yeah. And last of all, we need to overlay all of this or have a system where all the data um, is trackable so you can attribute where the lead came from, work out which lead links to which sale, therefore you can measure the return on investment for each particular advert or each particular campaign you're doing so that you can do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Yeah, so that's a fair summary. Okay. Helen, how do we even begin on this stuff? I I think what you'll probably tell us is we need the services of an expert service like Ascendancy Marketing. How how do people find you? If people want to find us, you can Google Ascendancy Internet Marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find us on Facebook if you search for our Facebook page. Those are probably our key channels. Okay. And we'll put all the contact details in the notes. Helen, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you. It's, it's been great. Thanks. So that is it for another episode of Saturday Strategy. Thank you so much for sticking with us to the end. Our aim is for this to be useful. So if you have any thoughts or feedback, please, please, please do let us know. And we'll take it on board as we continue to craft it and develop it so it's as truly useful as it can be. If you want to contact me directly, you can find me pretty easily on LinkedIn by searching for Johnny Themans. If you're into Twitter, you can find Saturday Strategy. Or if all that fails, you can reach out on WhatsApp using 07977437360. And that's my mobile number, my personal mobile number. So thank you again until next time. And remember, if you enjoyed this, please do hit that subscribe button.